Welcome back to the Mel K show. I am back with one of my favorite people who happens to be incarcerated and he is here to talk about uh, what is going on in this country, what is happening and what he sees from his perspective. Uh, he's an amazing patriot and I'm honored to welcome back to the show, Jeremy Brown. Thank you for joining me, sir. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, it's my pleasure. And I pray for you every day. I know that there are developments in your case I want to get into. But first and foremost, for anyone that might not have seen our shows before, can you please tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, basically, I am the I am the alter ring cap. Uh, December 2020, the uh, FBI's joint terrorism task force, the two Department of Land Security investigators, me and basically were engaging my interest to see whether or not I would be willing to infiltrate and report on groups I was associated with, is the language that they used. Of course, this was prior to ever the announcement of January 6th. And unfortunately for the federal government, there, I recorded that entire meeting. Uh, and so at the time, obviously, there wasn't a January 6th, so I didn't tie it to the events of January 6th, but I did know that it, it was illegal. And it was the use of military tactics against the American people, um, American people that had committed no crimes, had been charged with no crimes, but yet were being infiltrated by their own government. Uh, it wasn't until I accompanied that group, the teachers of Florida, in Washington, D.C., in order to provide security to uh, rally offenders for the events of January 5th and January 6th, uh, that the events of those days uh, you know, solidified in my mind that what happened on January 6th was a clandestine compartmentalized operation, which happened to be a retired expert in. Um, in March of 2005, I was up with this recording, and for nine months after January 6th, the FBI basically ignored me until the day they came to my property with domestic terrorism first part and found two explosive devices. Well, a Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. But, you know, you wouldn't be there if you weren't a threat because we are dealing with a very upside down system and uh, we are uh, navigating through something that is just so disturbing to watch. So much has come out about January 6th, just day after day, every day there's more information. Um, and yet these judges just this morning, there was a judge in a sentencing that went through all of these already proven false claims um, about January 6th. So we continue to see them going with the narrative. You recently had, um, I saw, had discussed the uh, process of your appeal. So what is happening with that, just to keep people up to date with what's going on with you? And uh, and also, I want people to follow your case and, and uh, keep an eye on it. So my case is unique. Uh, my case can 
the in which the Department of Justice and the prosecutors did everything in their power to avoid the topic of January 6th as it pertained to these felony charges for which they intend to lock me up for a very long amount of time. Uh, that case was riddled with mistakes, errors, lies, omissions, failures by my defense attorney that seemed to be intentional, uh, all kinds of problems, right? Because the, it's very difficult to have a complex lie. So that is exactly what they're, they're dealing with. But yet they were still able to uh, manipulate the jury and secure a conventional 50-10 count. Well, because of that, and because of the sheer number of errors, we have been able to file an appeal uh, in the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, that was filed on October 23rd. The government is given a certain amount of time. And then, of course, they say that call were just not ready so that they can extend that time. And so uh, they had until January 16th to file their response to our brief. And, of course, they made it to the very last day they filed their response. that I didn't know. I, I had no idea that you're limited in the appeal. You would think the appeals process was where you can say whatever you didn't say originally and, and then some. 
Um, so, you know, we're having an education and I'm grateful that you're putting it on your website so people can follow along and actually, you know, take some ownership in what is going on with our justice system, injustice system. Um, just this morning, Peter Navarro, who was uh, uh, Donald Trump's uh, main financial negotiator with China, uh, was sentenced to four months in prison for refusing to uh, speak in front of the fraudulent January 6th committee. So again, it reaches from people like you to people like him to everyone in between, and now basically everyone in America. I've had on um, 13 uh, January 6th, uh, to me, political prisoners, and it is the same story over and over. This is a um, a travesty of justice on a massive scale, and yet uh, a judge just this morning, like I said, he went on a tirade about uh, the lies and how this was an insurrection that took down the United States government and all these nonsense stuff. So we are dealing with a, a total um upside down system here so now um you follow the news pretty closely um and you're seeing what's going on i'm sure you know about texas yesterday uh decide filing against the uh government that they are violating the fourth amendment um that texas has to protect uh their own state from invasion so apparently right now the constitutional republic is in danger what are your thoughts on that well, no, and and I I think what is brewing in Texas it is the modern day Lexington Concord movement, uh, and instead of this being uh, based around the confiscation of arsenal weapons to prevent them from doing it, fighting it, period, what you're seeing is the federal government uh, basically starting to take up arms, and based on the statement from the Department of Justice that everything will be on the table. And we know what everything on the table is because Congressman Swalwell and the President of the United States threatened military action against the American people when they don't bow down and obey uh, the federal overlords. And so what we have brewing in Texas is a state that has said, we are going to defend our own sovereignty, even if you will not. And they've made the constitutional argument, but we all know that this federal government has no, no concern for the Constitution at all. And apparently neither does the Supreme Court. And so uh, not only is Texas standing up, but today, uh, which is something that I've been calling for on my podcast, which is for other states to stand and, and in essence form an alliance with Texas. So today I heard the announcement that Florida, uh, and a, a few other states, pretty uh, known from uh, South Dakota, uh, I believe uh, the Montana governor, and a, and a couple other states, I can't remember the list, they have said, we will stand in support of Texas. So what you have is the balkanization of constitutional America against the federal overreach, and, and I think Texas could wind up to be a very volatile, very volatile match that lights the blood fire of liberty in the United States. And and um oh, sorry about it. <laughs> I mean I think the next step you need to watch uh for federal actions is whether they accept the state of Texas's manpower by federalizing the National Guard. But keep in mind, if you don't know that Texas actually has a standalone sovereign Texas guard. Right. And so uh, Texas is uniquely 
continued to rebut uh, the federal overreach if they did have federalizing out the guard and that's taking away a manpower to the new governor. So it is something that we need to watch very closely because here, the bottom line is this. The federal government of the United States it is compromised by anti-American forces, whether you call them globalist, communist, socialist, or Marxist, or whatever. They are not acting in the best interest of the American people because it is their mission to destroy America. Yeah, I agree. If the states do not recognize own sovereignty and stand up against the federal overreach, and the American people do not realize there is a movement against carried out by the assets that are under the control of this compromised federal government that we are all in for for a very long decade. Yeah, you are right. And we've talked about before, and I know you're a big uh, you're a big student of history. And uh, there's a big problem in our country with a giant gaslighting narrative about democracy and America being a democracy. And you and I both know from the Federalist Papers all the way to everyone from Hamilton to Madison to Franklin, everyone said they did not. They looked at all the kinds of, of, of government and they said they did not want a straight democracy for America because 51% ruling over 49%, if that 51% is corrupt, treasonous, uh, you know, perverse, whatever the case may be, was not an ideal situation. Actually, it would lead faster to another monarchy or dictator. But they keep yelling about that, as they have when you were a, a soldier and you were in active duty, about protecting democracy, when uh, we're in fact a constitutional republic. But it seems that so many children younger than us, we when we were in school, they taught civics, they taught, uh, you know, about the Constitution, about American history. But Obama and his friends rewrote all of that. And I fear that too many people under 30 years old have no idea that uh, why or that America, sorry, that America is a constitutional republic. I think that they've gaslit people into thinking democracy means freedom, not all these people standing for democracy and all this craziness. We got to go into nations to protect democracy and all that. People think that it, it's 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 just it's just explain it from your point of view exactly why we are a constitutional republic and why people have to understand this and not keep saying democracy. Well, of, of course, I mean the greatest dictators throughout history have always used language uh, in order to gaslight people in order to convince them that democracy is the way. Oh, democracy is the precursor to all dictatorship, right? right? Because like Benjamin Franklin said, democracy is nothing more than two wolves in a lamb deciding what to have to look. To look. But liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Right. And so this is why the Republican form of government uh, is guaranteed by the Constitution. And so uh, we have ceased being a constitutional republic a very long time ago. Uh, and the reason is because, uh, you know, those who seek power need to do so through dictatorship, and democracy is the uh, quickest way through that dictatorship. And if you don't believe me, just look at Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, where it guarantees that we are to be provided Republican forms of government, right? And right. so uh, we are not a democracy, uh, but yet they want us to. So when they say the term that, that we're a threat to our democracy, they're speaking from their own standpoint. Exactly. They, yeah. These people are a threat to our democracy. That's right, because we are a threat to their democracy. <laughs> I do not swear an oath uh, to a democracy. I swear an oath to a republic. 
and think this is why all the different branches of the government running it could be chosen in different ways so that corruption could not leak into all of them simultaneously, right? And that corruption comes through mob rule, right? The, the masses are asses, and those who control the masses uh, control democracy. And so this is why they whittled away every form of government by uh, making uh, senators elected through state popular vote, right? People don't understand this. Senators used to be selected by state legislatures. Why? Because your state legislatures are chosen based on the smallest ratio of people, meaning the maximum amount of representation, meaning your voice has the maximum influence at your state legislature, and that's why you elect your state legislators, your state legislators select who your state senators are. Because they circumvent this representative government by saying, oh, no, we want states to be elected by a state-wide vote, and then all they have to do is manipulate the vote a few key precincts in any given state or to manipulate who they put into the Senate. The Bible says that my people die from lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And people die because of our lack of knowledge of the state. And our basic government. It does not require our degree or to listen to Alan Dershowitz. All it requires is for you to read it. And in English, it works with words that mean things. And it was written as our instructions to the federal government via the state. So it's not complex. All you have to do is read it. And then once you read it, you'll see that our, our federal government on a daily basis, and in, in many cases, our state and local governments as well, violate our rights with impunity, and yet most of us don't even realize it. Yeah, and I mean, that's by design. We we talked uh, in an earlier show about also the education system and how it's been so uh, manipulated that we have all these Marxist, communist, uh, socialist people marching all over the world. Now, you're also a, a decorated veteran and uh, have been um, at the highest levels working uh, in the military as well. And I wanted to say that there is a, uh, a deafening uh, march to uh, war, an escalation of World War III, especially by, uh, in my opinion, Nikki Haley, uh, the military industrial complex. It seems it seems the entire captured. I don't think there's a right and left Republican Democrat. I think it's all captured by this globalist oligarch that I, I point out on my show a lot when I follow the money. But I've never seen anything like where there is zero talk of peace. There, there has not been any other than from Donald Trump saying it maybe a few times. But uh, it, it appears that these people that have captured our nation and many other nations, they actually want a escalation of World War III, even to nuclear um, war. Uh, as somebody who's been in, in, in the fight, as somebody who is a veteran, uh, what do you think of what is going on with the foreign policy and this this loud march to war that I don't think anyone in America, in terms of the citizens, want? But it doesn't matter, apparently, right now what we want. It matters, I guess, what the military-industrial complex wants and the people that actually benefit, which usually are the international banking cartel. Right. And, and Orwell said this in 1984, where, where he explained that perpetual war 
is how you constantly keep the people in a constant state of crisis and a destruction of the fruit of their positivity, right? And this is what the elite want. But see, it's worse than that, okay? Because the evil succeeds through distraction, deception, and division. And the war is not all three of those simultaneously while also killing mass numbers of people. Meanwhile, as we're being distracted, deceived, and divided by wars afar, our government here domestically is waging war against us and making us the enemy. And let me just point to a couple of key uh, aspects. One, H.R. 3190, are bills that were written in 2019 and 2020, respectively, that basically criminalizes domestic terrorism. Now, I know you might be shocked, but domestic terrorism currently is not a crime. And, and this, is again, goes back to our own ignorance. So they want to make domestic terrorism a crime, yet they want to define domestic terrorism pretty much as basically white people that love their country, right? And so these two bills that predate the, the stolen election of 2020 are how they're attempting to criminalize us. A recent bill by Senator Markey of Massachusetts and Representative Jamie Raskin, surprise, surprise, yeah. uh, is trying to criminalize armed citizen militias. I know, right? I saw and that. They define these as, as three or more people that are conducting neighborhood bots, wearing tactical gear, or training with their weapons, right? Yeah. And this is what you're supposed to is the purpose of the Second Amendment. So the system is prepared and can be called up at any time by the state, not the federal government, the state. Remember, standing armies themselves, the United States Army and the United States Air Force are unconstitutional. I hate to break it through all the warmongers and even veterans. I mean, I'm a 20-year veteran of the United States Army, but I read the Constitution read the federal papers. Right. It's unconstitutional. The only armed force that is constitutionally mandated is the Navy. It means the Marine Corps won't. And this means the Marine Corps are the only constitutional military force. Why? Because it's the Navy that can fully secure right? But it's ground force, the fifth, for the United States, is supposed to come from state militias, right? That is why the Second Amendment the well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state. And Congress is bound to only stand up army for two years at a time. And this is explained in excruciating detail in the Federalist Papers. I believe it's the 26, 27, or 28. Right? And Alexander Hamilton explained the reason because every two years, you have elections. And so every two years, the new Congress will have to explain the actions from the previous right. two years. And this would prevent the military-industrial complex. And it goes on to explain that the reason is because of an executive power. Rather a standing army, there's nothing to stop it from becoming tyrannical. Yep. And that's exactly what you've seen with the military industrial complex, the intelligence industrial complex, and the law enforcement police state in America. And here's another article. 
that in Wall Street Journal on January 17th, headline, prosecutors say police aided illegal gun Now, that's not the key thing. The most dangerous part is where it mentions the purpose met by the program was to purchase machine guns to be available for police law. Now, there are only three tactical reasons for machine guns. The Green Beret and a forces weapons store for many years. You only use machine guns in one of two areas. One is to indiscriminately press in it. You're just firing to keep your head down and you don't care what you're destroying. And the second is to break contact, right? Break contact, small rails and engages with the rays and Delta Force operators run around shooting those two off. That's Hollywood. Then why do police need weapons of war? They don't unless the police are being built into you hear Delta Force and Green Beret to be turned against the American people, and you have to look no further than the raid against those who are on the political right. The January 6th those who believe that you shouldn't murder babies just because you don't know how to have safe and, you know, Catholic church members or even elderly men that help get Donald Trump elected, right? Yeah. These are weapons of war. You have the FBI running around because they couldn't make it in the military. They couldn't actually be in Delta Force or the Green Berets. And so therefore, they just simply want to use taxpayer money to dress just like them, like a perpetual Halloween costume, and go around to harass old men and old women. Sometimes they dunk them down in the street simply tweeting things. Yeah, and that's a real thing, and it's happening more and more. Apparently, uh, uh, Graves, one of the prosecutors in the January 6th case, says that he has 800 more people he's, he's going to go after uh, to keep it going uh, through the election. Now, um, what you just said uh, is so important for people to understand, and, and like you said, you were in the military for 20 years. Um, that bill that you're talking about, I haven't heard anyone talk about it. I did, and you did. But um, that Raskin and Marquet have put up for um, making it a crime to have an armed militia. Uh, they, uh, it's really what's scary is, and I know you're following this. A lot of people are being lied to about the border. What, what I'm told by people that are down in Panama, like Michael Yan and Ann Vandersteel and Todd Benzman and and um, Ben Bergstrom, all these people, the muckrakers that there are um, fighting age men coming in, not just from um, China and uh, also South America, but a lot of them are coming through uh, Africa and the Middle East. And um, we already knew during Obama that they were uh, re they were calling them refugees or and now they call them, uh, you know, refugee um uh, replace, uh, what's it called? Refugee resettlement programs. They're, so they're being placed all over the country. And what's scary about this is at a time when uh, people should be able to organize just in case of an emergency or if there's an uprising of some sort, um, Raskin and his friend and the Democratic Party want to make sure that a couple good men in a neighborhood can't protect their community. And, and if so, they'll end up in jail like you are. 
I mean, this seems like the timing of this seems so ominous and dangerous. And I can't even, uh, what are your thoughts on, on that and the possibility? I mean, they're shipping these people all over the country. They won't give Jim Jordan or anyone any information about where or why, though I've seen maps and it looks like it's in a lot of rural areas, uh, suburbs where it's not the inner cities where they're going. And then, you know, a rural area obviously uh, needs to be uh, armed because of distance and other reasons. But um, this bill, uh, I saw that it made, I, uh, I'll come back to you after, but the bill made me very nervous. Well, it should make me very nervous. And it actually solidified the idea of why the false flag January 6th. Why was the American rice bag burned to the ground by the modern day Chancellor that was in power, right? And and this bill, all you have to do is all you have to do is read those three bills: HR forty-one ninety-two, Senate thirty-one ninety, and the new. I don't have the actual number, but uh, in January of nineteen thirty-three, asked for and received the appointment to Chancellor from President Hindenburg. In the very next month, he staged the burning of the German Parliament Building, which is known as the right tag, the burning of the right tag, and blamed it on the continent. He then granted himself emergency power and began to leave This was the beginning of Hitler's rise to power. And nobody likes to think that Hitler only killed the Jews, but he actually killed the Jews back to many more non-Jews in his rise to power, right? So that is exactly the intent behind January 6th, because the domestic terrorism bills were written before January 6th. Notice in these lines from the article by the Epoch Times that quote, Rasmus and Mark as to why they need to ban your ability to gather with your friends and train to defend yourself against whatever they come to road. Quote, the only neighborhood impeding law enforcement and storming the U.S. Capitol, private paramilitary groups like the Oathkeepers, the Three Percenters, and the Proud Boys are using political violence to intimidate our people and threaten democratic government and the rule of law. It goes on. Three years ago, white supremacists affiliated with paramilitary organizations through the U.S. Capitol. Gattering windows, walls, in the families of five Capitol police officers. That's funny because I don't remember in the family being there for people. Private paramilitary actors again, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, pose a serious threat to democracy and the rule of law. Wow. And so we must create new prohibitions to their unauthorized activities. See, in three separate quotes and three points in the article, they're literally using as justification events of January 6th. And who are they citing? They're citing the three Nazi groups. The yeah. three groups that were set up, we know the three percenters, not only from January 6th, but also in state FBI stage two and kidnapping the governor, Gretchen Whitmer. Right, exactly. Now, the increase of being including the three percenters and the Cowboys. Now, again, they love to turn on the premises, but yet the fight, and they were led by a black Cuban. Right, I know, Enrique. 
But if I take the line, Michael Green and Kissing Beat, two black men, were both part of my case. Michael Green, who was the number two, the and Dan Beat, uh, a, a New York uh, actor who apparently uh, joined the Oath Keepers right before January 6th. Uh, you, you let your imagination go where you want. Who joined my home. I both acquitted. See, wow. I thought Oath Keepers was a white supremacist group. And yet, when you read the Senate Bill 3190, the entire focus of domestic terrorism is white supremacy. Even though we know that there's endless stats right. that are comprised of anti-documentation, zero of prison data, which is pretty much the only place in America where there actually are white supremacists are in the Bureau of Prison. Right. So they need to so whenever a white guy and a black guy got in a fight in jail, they would mark that as a domestic violent extremist act and challenge it against the even completely ridiculous statistics that they're using. So this is a concerted effort to, in, to basically indoctrinate their people that there are segments of the American population that must be battled as if ISIS. The reality is that Mr. Gray lied. He did not have 800 more arrests to commit. He had 350 million more arrests to commit. So this totalitarian regime, they will utilize the useful idiot to take out the distant threat and those that are resisting against them. And then once that threat is taken out, yeah. Very useful to rabble rousers that they use to get the power because they still have those rabble rousers, the rabble rousers, and if you look up, now China. Yeah, it's terrifying. I also remember back during Black Lives Matter when that family in that gated community, the McCluskeys, got arrested and charged and all of that when it was like Black Lives Matter protesters went past, kicked down the gate of their gated community and surrounded their home and they walked out with their guns and ended up, you know, in an ordeal for three years. And that is what I fear um, upcoming. I've gotten some information from people that they are the same people that funded Black Lives Matter and all these other black, uh, color revolution uprisings have a plan. Uh, and it's an organizing uh, situation right now for the uh, illegals that have come in all over the country to rise up in something called demand citizenship. Um, I guess in March, April, I'm told, is is kind of what the, what people are forecasting for this. So what are people supposed to do? Now they want us to be um, unable to defend our communities, our neighborhoods. So what are, what are you telling people that they should do if, um, you know, to prepare for whatever comes? Well, I mean, uh, you know, what may be restricted is you comply. I mean, look, uh, the First Continental Congress and that people began civil disobedience against the crown, which ultimately led to the declaration of ultimately when the pirate got set up, the colonists no longer listening to them, was they did what all pirates essentially do, and they turned their guns on them, which was the case that went to the American Right. Once that happened, because the bloodiest and ugliest of the war, civil war type 
uh, right. uh, domain. But this is day four, right? several times um, is that I fear that people are going to play into it because I I have a feeling because I've I've studied all these color revolutions and and these illegal wars and you know I think one of the worst is what happened in Libya that was totally uh, illegal in my opinion but in that case uh, these lunatics call this responsibility to protect from uh, the UN and uh, we have NATO already on our soil. I believe that that is their government. That is their military, the people that seek to destroy our nation. And what I fear is that if people did get violent, that they would find a way to um, use any kind of violence, even if it is an infiltration violence, uh, to um, escalate this into a world situation where the war- where the UN or somebody calls that America is so violent and out of control, they have to come in here. And I don't want that to happen. So I, I want to talk a little bit about not being violent and how important that is, because once uh, they have justification, they can go all the way to what they did in Libya. What's the difference now? They don't care about America. Any unorganized resistance will be changed. I mean, take, for example, the 74-year-old man in Utah or Nevada. Oh, yeah gunned down by the joint terrorism task force because he sent the mean tweets to Biden. And maybe he even tweeted some threat. But the guy went out of Walker or was right, in wheelchair, right. there's no reason to gun him down, right? But yeah. he's all alone by himself. Yeah. The way this can be handled is by demanding at the state level, through your legislators and through your governors, we demand at the state that you establish 
a sword of God. said before don't forget that alexander hamilton and madison and john jay they had to write those anonymously because you said something really important before and we'll go towards closing up but um i also think no great i also think that the declaration of independence if read right now most people would say that we are in the same exact place that they were just this time it's our own government that has been captured and is fighting us so uh, as we close out, what are uh, your words of wisdom and uh, and what do you have to say to the people going forward? And then also tell them uh, where to follow and find you. Well, you can uh, you can find out more on Steam at GaryBrown.com. Yeah, outlines against King George is nothing compared to what we're facing today. But if you were to read the Declaration of Independence out loud today, you would be arrested for conspiracy to commit domestic terrorism. It's so remember that. It's so true. Thank you so much. And uh, as you always say, and uh, I love it, and I say it a lot, and I quote you, and I say, and I say, as Jeremy Brown says, just don't do nothing. Thank you so much. And uh, please support Jeremy, jeremybrowndefense.com. Um, great guy. Thank you so much.
Everyone's been asking me what I've been doing because I am in better shape than I've been uh, probably maybe in my life. And I am now thriving and I have so much energy. I'm going around, I'm doing all these tours and I'm doing the show and I'm showing up at small events and big events. And I'll tell you the one thing that's definitely changed my life is superfoods, Mel Cake superfoods. When I got involved with superfoods in the beginning, I was not eating right. I was not sleeping right. I was not, uh, it was mid COVID. So I wasn't really doing much and I was doing a lot of things wrong. And then I found superfoods and it has changed me from the inside out. Not only have I dropped weight, which wasn't even the goal. I really wanted to detox. I wanted to help my immune system. I wanted to make sure I didn't get sick while a lot of other people were and superfoods came into my life and changed everything. I now think about what I'm eating. I don't have cravings. I don't eat late night. There is a whole protocol. It's so easy. It's laid out for you. You take it out of the box. It's there. All your food's taken care of, all your nutrients, all your energy, all your protein. It is an amazing way to change your life from the inside out. Superfoods changes everything. It gives you a protocol. It gives you a schedule. You know what to do. You know what you're eating. You feel great. You look great. Your life's getting better. And the one thing I know is you can go to themelkshow.com, go down to Superfoods, and you can start your journey. Because today is the day. I will tell you, I waited and I waited. And then I started Superfoods. And within three months, my entire life changed uh, for the better, more than I could have imagined. MelKShow.com, go to partners page down to Superfoods and click on the link. And you will find a whole new world that will change your mind, change your body, change your life. So when you get Superfoods, that helps me and helps this show keep going. I cannot tell you how much it's changed my life for the better, and it will yours too. And enjoy the rest of the show. Mel K Superfoods. Get over there now. There's no time like the present. Oh, I hope you're enjoying the show. I was just talking on my new Patriot mobile service. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. They are incredible. They are America first. They, they align with my values. And you know what? It's unlimited minutes, unlimited text, Wi-Fi calling, unlimited data, high speed, everything that you could use, just like everyone else. We have our time, we have our vote, and we have our money. And the great thing about Patriot Mobile is your service will be exactly the same. Difference with Patriot Mobile is they are an America first company. And what they do is they reinvest their money into causes that matter to me and matter to you and matter to this nation. At Patriot Mobile, those causes are the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the Constitution, and our children's future. So please go to themelkshow.com. Patriot Mobile is a partner of ours. Please use the code MELK. What I can tell you too is that they are supporting me and they are supporting creators because they believe in the First Amendment. They believe that censorship is wrong and they are going to put their money where their mouth is. Do what you can for the creators out there that are doing what I'm doing. Please go to Patriot Mobile, MELK Show. All I can say is thank you so much, guys. Supporting my partners supports me, and Patriot Mobile is absolutely awesome. I checked them out. We're switching to Patriot Mobile, and we hope you do too. Thank you so much.